First uh, Peter chapter three, our verse, our one verse for today. We'll we'll read and then we'll pray. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Let's pray. Father, we have a lot of content, although it's one verse. You know, we could talk for a long time on this one verse, and no doubt I will. Um, but help us to get it. Uh, help us to understand and get it in such a way that it will be a real benefit to our wives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. One verse for the men, six for the women. What does that mean? I don't know. We t- Me and uh, Michael were over yesterday, and we were teasing Sue's. Well, we only got one verse because... You know, just tell us and we'll figure it out. And uh, we, you know, we don't need a whole lot of instruction like, uh, like perhaps the ladies do. And I've heard women say, uh, "Yeah, I've, it's because you guys can't handle a lot." I've learned to talk to my husband in sound bites, just you know, a little blurb at a time, and that's all he can. Uh, okay, whatever, whatever you think. But it's funny to me the six verses on the on the wife. But in to be fair, in um, Ephesians, it's opposite. There's a little part on the wife, and there's a long part having to do with the husband. So, verse for verse, I think there's as much instruction for wives as husbands. Here we got one verse. Likewise, what's likewise mean? Um, verse 21 of chapter 2 For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. He did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Likewise, ye wives. Likewise, ye husbands. Okay, so the the likewise is the way Christ gave us an example. This is what I want for you women, you wives. The way that Christ gave us an example this is what we want for you husbands. Now, last uh, Sunday night, we were in Ephesians chapter 5, and we talked about that long section It was to the husbands. And now here it is uh, uh, to the husbands again. I think the husbands feel like they're going to get picked on, but w- the wives went through the same thing, kind of that double barrel. Look, uh, I'm not picking on anyone. I, I want to speak frankly. I don't want to rail against either husbands or wives. I'm not the kind of pastor who beats up sheep again i was you know talking even in uh um before that you know sometimes the word of god it works in such a way that it's, it's confrontational and 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 that's just the the way it is but it's never my uh I, I don't go out of my way to punch anyone in the eye the word of god will judge us and sometimes we're at odds with what god's doing in our life and it's a little bit of a bruising there Faithful of the wounds of a friend. What can we say? Okay, talking about the husbands now. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Now, that's the a problem. And this means knowledge like we would think of it. Guys who can figure out a lot of stuff can't figure out their wives. Um, and you... As part of that, you'll never be able to because you don't have the right genetic information. There's that old, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and I don't speak Venusian. Uh, yes, correct. But you should learn, 
you'll never be fluid, but you should learn conversational Venusian so you can maneuver and get around a little bit. My wife is different from me, thank God. If you married right, we we think when we date, when we're, we're trying to find someone who's just like us. That's the exact thing I don't need. Someone who's broken in all the ways that I'm broken. I'm no good with money, and I want to marry somebody who's no good with money, so we end up uh, poor and uh, destitute. Uh, I can make a good wage, and we'll just... We'll just go through it like water and, and it'll all be gone and we'll have nothing to show for it. I'm not really good with money, as a matter of fact, and I married somebody who's better with money. And by the way, this isn't a, a, a gender thing because sometimes guys are good with money, sometimes women are good with money. I have a woman who completes me. I know, I know, it's kind of trite to say that and kind of... but. That's how it really works. Um, All the things I'm not, she is. But I'll say this too. All the things she's not, I am. And together, I have half a brain, she has half a brain. Together we come together and we make a whole brain. It's a good thing. God, I don't want her to be just like me. Now, we're we're just like each other in the sense we're both pursuing God. We have a lot of the same uh, interests. So we have commonality, but I don't have a female version of me that I'm married to, and we can all thank God for that. And I think one of the ways, guys, you haven't figured this out, and guys can figure stuff out. So yesterday we were uh, putting the siding on a house. Nobody did it ever before except me. We put some siding on a church edition years and years and years ago, and I forgot most everything I do. Um, so I had this little book that they gave me when I bought the, uh, the siding, and I looked through it, and I asked too much words, and eh. So uh, I, I didn't uh, read it, and I watched uh, two YouTube videos. And uh, Micah was over, because Micah's, like, very handy. Uh, and I had uh, Carmen and Frank over, and it was such a blessing to see them guys. I haven't seen them in forever. And don't worry, we all kept six feet. It was it was fine. Uh, but it was... It, uh, Carmen, he's a, he's such a worker, and Frank is no slouch either. So them guys, it's kind of like roll up the sleeves, let's figure this out. We kind of did, because that's who we are. We're guys. We figure stuff out. We, we, and we think that we can figure out everything, and we can, and we can even figure out marriage, except that we have to start on this premise. Use some helps, like one, the Word of God, and two, it's non-intuitive. It's not the way you'd figure it out like, well, this is the way I feel about this, and I'm normal, so this is the way my wife should feel about this. It, No. No, it's non-intuitive in the, in the fact that when I first got married, I knew nothing. I thought everything she... I'm the epitome of normalcy, and any thought she had that was different from me, it's because she's so weird. And I really, really, my heart of hearts thought that Suze was weird. Well, I grew up and realized she's not weird. She's God made her that way on purpose because, guess what? It's not good for you to be alone, son. You're going to need a helper. You, you definitely are going to get in all kinds of trouble all on your own that if somebody comes alongside you and help, um, I, I put it this way. Uh, now, now, follow me on this, because it sounds like bragging. 
the husband, the husbandman, okay, he, 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 he sets the garden in such and such a way that things grow, including a husband. Is, I'm married to a wife. Do, do I set the garden up in such and such a way that she grows and fulfills her purpose? Me and God are in the same business as growing up Sue's into her full potential. You say, that sounds really arrogant. It's, it's not. Follow me, okay? Could Sue's, so Sue's in the main state legislature. Could Sue's be married in the main state legislature, not married to me? Well, no, put it another way. Uh, when she says, I think I'll run for office. You? <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. What are you going to offer? You're just a common, ordinary little... You, you're, you're a... Now, what happens now? She doesn't run for office. I've squelched her ability to be all that God wants her to be. She can't grow as a person, and it's, it's all on me. She was the head of uh, this ministry in Bangor, most of you guys know, First Step uh, uh, Pregnancy Resource Center. And by the way, when she ran for office, I knew that. I think I knew it before she knew it. When Sue uh, makes a decision, she agonizes over things. Me, I, I just, okay, just make a few tabulations. Yep, yep she should. And I'm, and I'm ready to make that choice. It takes seconds. Now, prayer included. I'm just, I'm just not, I don't, I don't need to know every last, some things are unknowable. I'm, so Sue's went through this process of praying and she talked to, a pastor of the church. She talked to some elders in the church. She talked to some friends who were in office. She got all this, and and she's the you know figures and tabulates it all out. And and while she's going through the process, I took a piece of paper and I wrote, "Sue's will run for office," and I wrote the date on it, and I sealed it uh, in an envelope, and I put uh, I time stamped it, you know, and and put it in my office. I mean, in my sock drawer, and uh, then she. Uh, uh, and then when she ran for office, that's why I got the office in there. When, when she ran for office, I took it, said she was gonna, I took it out and I said, see, I knew a long time ago, you should ask me, you would have saved yourself a whole lot of, but she's not like that. And she's not broken. She's not rash. She's not impetuous. Together we make a whole. So I tell you why this isn't bragging. Because I help Sue's reach her potential. Sue's helps me reach my potential. If, so Ken Graves, we had an elders meeting, and, and, and he says, uh, at the same, same time he said, Steve Brown, I want you to start a church in Lincoln. Adam, go to Waterville and start a church there, or Waterville area. We're not in Waterville proper. Close enough. Look, I come home, I say, Suze, well, you know, interesting uh, at the elders meeting today. Uh, um, pastor said uh, thus and such. And now imagine Sue's like, <laughs> You, a pastor? No, that's rich. No, come on. What did he really say? I don't think I'd be a pastor. Does, did I make our marriage such that maximum growth can happen? Yeah, I think I did. And I'm not bragging. That's just what God has envisioned for our marriage. Has Sue's made our marriage such that she set the environment for maximum growth? Consider, you know, if the, the husband, who's uh, the elder at the gates, uh, that's in Proverbs chapter 31. It's praising the, the wife who made that guy that way. So I look at it like we're in this three-legged race and I'm not going to run it if she's dragging her feet. I, 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 I can kind of half pick her up and half make some sort of headway uh, being stronger than she is. But if I'm just sitting there going like this and she's strapped to me, we're, we're not winning any, nothing's 
good can come of that except sprained ankles and hurt feelings. So this is the way I look at marriage is like I provide half, she provides half, and together the way God designed it, we can go forward. Now, a lot of guys, that's very basic. A lot of guys don't know that and haven't figured it out. And it's not intuitive. Figure it out. Your wife, who God put in your life to help you, that's very biblical. She knows some stuff. The fact that she's her emotions are different, that she feels differently, that she brings different things to the marriage, that doesn't mean she's... Most guys I know do not look to their wife for any sort of wisdom or counsel. Why not? That's job one. That's why God put her in our marriage, uh, put our marriage together. But I have such a poor way of looking at things that I can't ever come to her and say, honey, what do you think about this? Because my ego would be somehow diminished. Shame on me, I'm married to a very wise woman, and if I don't use that insight, I'm, I'm hobbling along with half a brain. And got, a lot of guys haven't figured that out. That's why it's saying, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Dwell with them. You've got to live with them, okay? That's, that's a big pot. Don't live at the bar. Don't live uh, out in the woods with your friends. We're not saying... You go hunting with your, your buddies, you go fishing with your buddies, you're a sinner and God hates you. And No, no. Your life should be homeward in its orientation. Don't spend all the time in the office. Don't spend all the time in hobbies. Don't spend all the time on the golf course. Don't spend, you, you know what I mean, homeward in your orientation. Dwell with them and then dwell with them according to knowledge. That just means what it says. Now, I'm going to ask you some questions here, and I'm testing you about what you know about your wife. Do you know her birthday? Say, well, that's easy. Well, just warming up. Do you know your guy's anniversary? Does she have to remind you? Do you know how long you've been married? Do you know her birthstone? Thinking, oh, nobody knows their wife's birthstone. Do you know where to find the information? Do you know if she likes her birthstone? Because my wife is opal and tourmaline, and she doesn't particularly care for either one of them tremendously. But I bought her a, a, a ring once, a mother's ring, and it had my birthstone in her birthstone and Micah, Adam and Micah's birthstone, and she liked that quite well. So that was a, a, a very, it was one of the times where she, like, you know, opened it up and, you know, had that little bit of a puddle up, and then, and that was a good thing. A few years ago, I bought her uh, for Christmas. Uh, uh, I call it Mammy's ring. There's no such animal, but <laughs> I made it up, and it just had uh, the stone of both our grandchildren, Gracie and Noah. And they're, um, by the way, they're green and red. So uh, here it was on Christmas, and and in very small font, it it says Noah by his stone. Gracie by her stone, and that was another one of those moments where, so uh, she doesn't, if, if I gave her a birthstone with her birthstone on, like a necklace or something, like I don't think she'd puddle up. If I gave her one with mine, or like, say, the ring with the grandkids or the kids, but do you know that? Do you know that? Do you know what, 
Do you know what? Do you know what she likes? Do you know what her favorite candy bar is? Or how about her shoe size? You should know some basic sizes. Do you buy her presents? No, just gift cards. Well, that may or may not be wise, depending on who you're married to. I uh, got, uh, you know, early on I bought clothes for my wife on Mother's Day or Christmas or whatever, and uh, those usually end up getting returned because my taste in clothes and her taste in clothes are so different. Not on me so much, but uh, she likes, she picks out a lot of my clothes, and when she usually, you know, buys me a sweater or a, or a shirt or something like that, I generally like it too. So we have good taste, in, I mean, we have the same taste when it comes to me. When it comes to her, you know, I, I we're, we're walking through a store, and I'll say, what do you think, and there's a mannequin there, and it has this very lovely frock, this dress, this wonderful, I'll say, what do you think? And she'll say, I wouldn't wear that to a dog fight. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so I buy gift cards, but that's probably, but at least I know some of her sizes. I'm not talking about all sizes. You know, we start chasing that. It could get embarrassing. I'm not, but, you know, you should know basic things like shoe size. And you should know, I'm thinking. So do you know her, like, uh, her dreams? Do you know what her greatest fear is? I'll tell you what it might be, just in counseling. I'm, I'm, she thinks that as she gets older, she's less and less attractive to you. She thinks that you're going to take up with a younger woman and leave her out in the cold and freeze her out with no money, no wherewithal to get along. That, that's most women's fear. It's legitimate concern. It really is. So what, what does the wise husband do who's, who's dwelling with his wife according to knowledge? He lets her know, no, there is no one else for me but you. I love you. I just, I think you're wonderful. I think you're beautiful. I want you to know that I'm committed to you forever. And then you have to live it out in such and such a way. If you have a roving eye, learn how to not. Keep your mind, your thoughts in check because they'll ferret that out. They have legitimate fears and it's our duty, nay, obligation to quell those fears i don't think it's a good thing for my wife to live in in a place of constant turmoil of soul where she's worried about if i love her today that's that's not that's not according to this verse that's not that i'm not being a good husbandman i'm not i'm not being i'm not setting the the garden in such and such a way for maximum growth um do you know what makes her tick? Do you know what ticks her off? And if you know what ticks her off, I always wonder, why do you keep doing it? And maybe you're saying, I don't, I don't. Well, I'm painting with a broad brush. Again, I'm the guy who does all the marriage counseling. I, guys are forever doing things that, and they're upset that their wives are upset with their idiocy. I think sometimes, did you think about marriage before you married did you because i know a lot of guys are like a dog with a fire truck chasing a fire truck what would you do if you ever caught it and that's my thinking a lot of guys with a with a with a wife i i got this creature this wife and now i have no idea what i'm doing well here's something guys ask and don't ask the world 
They don't know. One of the things I did, and I'm not setting myself up like as a paragon of virtue. You should be a husband like I'm a husband. I'm not saying that. When I tell these things to you, I'm telling them to me too. And I haven't arrived yet in the sense like when the Bible says that we're supposed to love our brides like Christ loved the church. I'm not there yet. I, I do that. I try to do that in a self-sacrificial like him, but to the degree that he loves, no, I'm not there yet. So when I'm speaking to you, I'm also speaking to me. And I don't want to set myself up like, like, like you should do things like me, but some things I've, I've found some answers and I want to like come back to the pack and say, okay, this is what you need to know. One of the things I did is I, I, had, I had people in my life who spoke into my life who had happy marriages, who were doing things in a godly and a good way. I could tell that their wives just idolized them, just thought they were wonderful. And I would ask, you know, some things and some well-placed questions. And people will love to talk about their marriages and stuff. I like to talk about my marriage. You don't know me for 10 minutes, but you know that I'm married to a woman named Suze who I just absolutely, it's not quite worship, but you'd be hard-pressed to articulate the difference. It, it, it bumps up against it. It looks like worship. And everyone knows that. Everyone knows that about me. Do they know it about you? Do they see you as a couple, not as one half of, uh, you know, you know, the two shall be one flesh. Do they see you as the same entity, like Adam and Sue's, like uh, rolls off your tongue, like, because they should. Um, you want to dwell with them according to knowledge. Uh, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. You, you give honor. What does that look like? Well, it looks like respect. You know, when, and back in Ephesians where they're told to honor and respect, reverence their husband. Uh, here it says reverence your husband, you know, like, like, uh, Sarah did calling him Lord. It's here being in subjection under their own husbands, that reverential spirit that you, you're supposed to have the same spirit. Um, honor, uh, deride, bring down, abase. These aren't words that are common in Scripture, talking about wives. Uh, they're unheard of. Uh, remember our study in the Song of Solomon. He has nothing but praise for her. And he, he sets up the table, he sets up the garden in such a way that she can become, that she can grow and she's in a place where, you know, all the, the essential nutriments for growth are there. And I think that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to honor our wives um, because they're the weaker vessel. Weaker how? Physically, most of the time. And I have to remember that. She's not, a, she's not like me. And if I'm moving furniture, you know, I <laughs> call up my son. Hey, come on over here. You know, uh, the, you know we moved a... Uh, 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 generator into the house here a couple of weeks ago. I'm glad he was, uh, you, you know, with me. That was a, I don't know, it was like 400 pounds, was it? About. It was, it was big, and I'm glad he was. And even then, we had to do some mechanical kind of stuff. You know, she's not, she's not. And I, and if she can't hold up her end of the, I yell at her because that helps. Because you know we're trying to maneuver this couch around the and into the room, and then and she can't hold the couch up. Never mind lifting it up, and and so so if you yell at her and deride her, it makes her work harder, and she loves that when I 
call her a weakling. I thought, well, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, sometimes you're pressed into this service and women and you're trying to help, you know, as he's holding the refrigerator up, you're trying to level it or something like that. And he's yelling at you because it's hard and, and he's, you know, short with you because it's hard on his muscles and he's telling you to move faster and stuff like that. Again, your tone sets the tone of the whole marriage. So you want to remember that she's weaker. She's not you. She's not like you. She's she's this champagne flute. She's not a, a, a beer stein like you. She's Her feelings are easily hurt. Men's feelings are easily hurt too, but it's in a different direction. Um, she's you, you have to make allowances. I remember when my uh, son first got married, he treated his wife like she was made of, uh, and still does to a large degree, she was made of like fine bone china or something like that. He was so delicate with her, and he talked so uh, nice to her. And, and, and I was telling my wife, I said, where did he learn how to do that? He, he's like, and, and she said, well, he learned it from you. And I said, not to that degree. He, he Whatever he took from me, he seemed to go to the next level. And I think that's how it's supposed to happen. I try to bring up the boys hey your mother is like she's a woman she's different she's you know you hold the door for a woman stuff and i remember would be going to the mall and stuff and them them boys would run out ahead to you know see who could grab the door first but there's always two doors so it worked out okay one would grab them one would run in grab the other one and, and their mom would just saunter in like the queen of sheba because their boys were like and i i always wanted them to to and i still think they have that and i think you want to train your man cubs how to treat a wife how to treat a woman um if your sons treated their wives like you treat their mother would they have happy successful marriages you have to ask yourself that are you living with her according to knowledge because you can say whatever you want to your your kids but that's not going to work and we all know it's not going to work um they're going to get what they see in you and they're going to, that's, that's their, unless they figure it all out and scramble and say, okay, I reject dad. He was a moron. You don't want that for your sons. I'm going to treat this woman like a real, like she's supposed to be treated. You think it out. Think it out. Uh, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the weaker, uh, unto the wife as unto the weaker, weaker vessel as being heirs together of grace the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered you're not going to treat her bad and god's going to bless you and answer your prayers it won't happen it's against his nature he can't do that um one of the things me and my wife has as a prayer life i told you guys before pray with your wife she will absolutely love it i'll be embarrassed you say suck it up buttercup just be vulnerable. Okay, you're not going to pray like Moses on Mount Sinai. I get it. You're not going to, you're not like effusive like a Solomon with, uh, with his bride. I get it. Uh, you're not like writing Psalms like David. You can't tell her you look beautiful today. Um, God will bless you when you pray, okay? God will bless you when you come together. Um, verse 18 of Matthew 18, we were there uh, Wednesday night. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He's saying you collectively. You bind, you loose. 
Um, here's the thing. So we have a fear, uh, a spirit of fear in my house or a spirit of poverty or, uh, or a spirit of bitterness. And God says, Oh, you want that? Yeah, you got it. That's fine. We'll, we'll leave that. No, no, no. We don't want that. So what happens? There's some things that we pray together that can't be prayed just in, that are prayed in unison that can't be prayed in. So I, I can pray for some things and nothing happens. Then me and Sue's pray for things and things happen. Why? Because God wants us to pray together. I mean, that should be obvious to all of us, right? Um, and he'll let us have whatever we want. We want bitterness or, or allow bitterness. He'll say, okay. We want forgiveness. He'll say, okay. And I'll, I'll bless that. I'll agree with you. You lose it. Uh, you bind it. It's going to be bound. What it, You determine. You collectively determine. I determine that too. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Now, me and Susan generally praying. We're not a tug of war. We're on the same end of the rope, tugging against the nefarious other side. We agree together. She prays, and I'm like, I'm saying, Amen, Amen. If I say it out loud or I say it in my spirit, I agree with what she's saying. And I will sometimes even pray, saying, I agree. Uh, I, because, because I'm thinking about verses like this. There's two of us, and we're agreeing as touching anything that they ask. It's going to be done. Uh, for them and my Father, which is in heaven, where for two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I want you to understand something. This is a principle that God put in place that makes us want to marry uh, and then pray and then have our prayers answered. Look, I know guys, well, God never answered my prayers. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, I wonder what your marriage looks like. You're saying, that's awful judgmental. Uh, these verses say what they say. I'm not going to back off them just so you know people can be happy with me. Something in your life that needs to change. You you've you you haven't bound it. You haven't. And by the way, again, things can't be bound by the same spirit, loose by the same spirit. If there's bitterness, well, I'm just going to be more bitter. Won't work. Forgiveness will work, and it will work. We have a poverty spirit. We'll get rid of that generosity. I'm going to count my pennies and I'm going to be like Scrooge and I'm not going to... That'll fix the problem. No, it won't fix the problem. And you know it won't fix the problem. Uh, I said before, like uh, Suze comes and she yells and hollers and treats me poorly. Well, I'll yell louder and I'll holler louder and I'll treat her more poorly. That'll fix it. Except never, ever. Uh, Not that she yells and hollers. But you know, as, as well as I do, a soft answer turns away wrath. And it, you need the opposite spirit to get rid of it. And then the prayer together. And you, you see if things happen or they don't happen. Now, one more thing I'll talk about. Because men, we tr- tend towards fear or chauvinism. I mean, we just do. Uh, one, I'm not a fearful guy. Maybe you noticed that. But I tend towards chauvinism. When I was first married, I didn't think... My wife was equal in any way. Not only she wasn't as strong as me, which Scripture says, but she wasn't as smart as me by half. She wasn't as anything as me. I'm the epitome of the uh, the total amalgam of what a man should be, and she was not, so therefore she was less. And I actually, in my heart of hearts, believe that. You say, well, that's because you're a moron. Amen. I absolutely agree with that. I was stupider than stupid, but I didn't know I was stupid. That's 
So that's maximum stupid. I, I wasn't even smart enough to realize how stupid I was to get out of it. But eventually I figured it out. And I figured that she's, look at, she's smarter than me by a magnitude of degrees in something she knows so much more than I'll ever know. Uh, in some ways I'm smarter. But, but again, that I have half a brain, she has half a brain. We come together, we all, we're a whole brain. And God wants it that way. Now, uh, towards cowardice, I want to speak about this. Now, chapter 3 of Genesis. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, Ye may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the free, fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. By the way, that was wrong. We know it was wrong. She misquoted. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Don't I make a good serpent? And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to be to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Now, the Puritans say that when uh, Adam was away, the woman did play. That is absolutely positively wrong and unbiblical. Where was Adam? He was right there. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, with her, and he did eat. What's the problem? The problem is this spineless jellyfish of a husband that the right answer is, hey, who do you think you are talking to my wife? Get your nasty old, crawl on out of here. I'm telling you right now, that some feisty there would be in order. Why do you think God gave you those big shoulders you've got and that big barrel chest and them arms like iron? Why do you think he made you the way he made you? You're supposed to have some gumption and some... Don't, don't let some nasty old serpent be talking to your wife. Here's the t time to, to take some action. Stop being so cowardly. I talk to men sometimes. They would do nothing. Yes, that's the problem. How come you don't lead your house? Oh, she won't follow. Well, she'll follow if you lead her in godly ways. She'll follow if you lead her in the way that God wants her to go. If you advocate for her and want the best things for her, you can lead her rather easily. The problem is you're overcoming that trying to overcome reticence because you're trying to drag her off in a way that is not good or godly or anything else that's the problem the problem is you, you you can't not do anything you have to do something and you have to do something substantial you have to lead by leading you have to take your wife and your family why do you think god gave them to you and lead them in a godly and good way and you can't point the direction you have to go the direction you can't say hey go this way you have to go and take them along whether they're willing or whether they're not and you don't chide you don't you just godly lead like a shepherd leads and if you figure this all out it's it's not hard to figure out it's a little hard to do we have an adversary and he's like a roaring lion and he's trying to devour us he's trying to devour our marriage but you stand like a man of god and having done all to stand stand therefore and you're prayerful and you're submissive to god and you're not letting Satan push you around. God has given us authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. With Adam, how come you're not trampling? Take that nasty serpent, get, grab him by his tail, spin him over your head, and fling him out of the garden. God's given you the authority. Don't let 
Satan come and put thoughts in your wife's head. Take authority. Be prayerful. Be men. God has given you that ability. Use it. You have to figure some stuff out, guys. Now, if a, in a word like this, if you listen, you say, yeah, okay, that's fine, whatever. That's a fail. Take these, take this challenge, rise to the occasion, and be the men that God, the, the husbands that God has called us to be. Let's pray. Our worship uh, team, <laughs> Noah's going to come at this time and send us out of here in song. Um, Father, if, uh, I don't want to be harsh, but look at your man. Look at us. We're so ridiculous in so many times. We're, we're not who we're supposed to be. But you've given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, and so if we're not who we're supposed to be, shame on us. Lord, help us to make choices that honor you. We want to not allow Satan's influence in our household. We want to be godly and good and right and and lead our families in the ways that you've directed us. We want to be a joy to our wives. We want our wives to brag us up, to talk about us, like, and help us to be those guys that wives want to brag up. Help us to make good and godly choices and not be so knuckleheaded and keep doing the things that we used to do all the time. But help help us to grow. In Jesus' name, amen.